What's going on, guys? It's Nick here. Back with another video. Week 16 is here. So let's break down every single game for the fantasy semifinals. First up, Thursday night game, Saints at Rams. Solid 46-point total. Rams, four-point home favorites. The Saints. Depends on Olave. Before I hit record, seems like he's going to play, but obviously that'll impact things. Um, not an ideal you know, spot for the other pass catchers. So if Olave were to be out, I don't think it makes anyone like a super strong play. Maybe Shaheed in deeper formats, but for the most part, you're only playing Olave. And you are playing Olave if he's active. At running back, uh, Kamara gets hurt by Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, both being healthy, especially when they get into the red zone. But he's Alvin Kamara, even if the ceiling and the floor are both a little bit lower than we would like, we you got to play him every single time he's out there. So really on the same side, it's just Kamara and Olave. If both of them are active, Kamara's going to be active. But if both of them are playing in this game, I just don't see how you sit either one of them. And then maybe Taysom Hill, you could use him as like a boom bust uh, tight end play. But obviously we saw the floor last week. And so it is difficult to trust him. And his role is a little bit diminished when Jamal Williams is fully healthy because you just take some of those carries he would have gotten in the red zone, give him to Williams. That's going to hurt his floor and ceiling. Then for the Rams side, uh, Saints are a tough matchup for wide receivers, for quarterbacks, but Cop, Nakua, you know, they have strong enough roles where I would play them as mid to low end wide receiver twos in really any matchup. Like obviously in better matchups or wide receiver ones, but even in difficult matchups, this is a difficult matchup. Even in those spots, I think you kind of have to just play those two unless you have a really good wide receiver core. Uh, and then Kyron, I mean, he's been like the second best running back behind McCaffrey this season when healthy. And so obviously you're playing him uh, behind those guys gets really thin. Um, maybe you can look at Stafford as a streaming option in the hopes that he continues his really good play. Um, because he's on my like final remaining best ball mania team, I am obviously hoping that he has a really good game, but I don't have him projected to do super well. And if this was just like a season-long league and I was looking for streaming options, being on the Thursday game, being a tough matchup, I think I'd probably go to someone else. But again, I'm hoping he has a really good game. The first of two Saturday games, two Saturday games this week. Make sure you're setting your starting lineup for those games. Uh, first one's going to be Bengals at Steelers, low 37-point total. Bengals, two-point road favorites. For the Bengals, um, doesn't look like Chase is going to play. I think they probably already ruled him out. I could check that, but he's not going to play this week. Um, it's a shame because if he was active and Burrow was active, this is just an absolute smash spot for the both of them. Problem is, we're downgrading from Burrow to Browning, who's been good, but is not Joe Burrow. Uh, and then we're removing Jamar Chase. So obviously, the upside, you know, is factoring in to why it's only a 37-point total in this spot. Um, Higgins, Boyd, both viable this week. Um, I wouldn't call either one of them must starts. Higgins right now is a wide receiver, 25. Boyd, 45. This is a low total game, probably going to be a low volume game as well. I could definitely see the Steelers in what is a must win for both sides, but must win obviously for the Steelers as well. Um, I could see the Steelers defense kind of stepping up this week, limiting the Bengals a little bit. Uh, so I know Higgins went off last week. I know it's a good spot for him having no Jamar Chase, um, especially a good spot for him if they can get him the ball downfield. That's where he can excel in this matchup. Uh, but again, not a must play, just like a, you know, a quality high upside, low end two, maybe someone you throw in the flex and you're like, you know, okay with assuming the lower floor that T Higgins always has. Because you could pretty easily in this game have 110, two touchdowns. That's a great play in the flex. Uh, and then Mixon, you know, fine as like a low end running back too. Chase Brown mixing in more and more 
obviously hurts Joe Mixon, uh, but the touchdowns are finally there. We were talking early in the season how like he's not performing well, but it's only because he's just getting super unlucky with touchdowns. Those are starting to flow in now, and so his numbers are actually looking a little bit better than they will on average because now he's getting kind of lucky with touchdowns. So the average is somewhere in the middle. If he doesn't score, you're probably going to be disappointed, but he has a good chance of scoring. I think he's worth playing as a low end too. Uh, and then Browning, fine to stream, but another one of those players that I'm not like pumped about streaming this week. And for the Steelers side, uh, pretty similar story, all just very low end options. And I would say basically it's like Steelers side is a lower end Bengals side. Like I'm a little more excited for the Bengals players than I am the Steelers players because there's so many of them. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth. It's like all these players are now catching passes from Mason Rudolph. So you can use any one of them, especially if you're in a tough spot, especially if you have, you know, two flex spots. If you wanted to throw Deontay, Pickens, one of the running backs in there, you know, if you went, you know, later at the tight end position, you're just trying to hope for like 10 PPR points in your tight end spot. All the players I just mentioned are totally fine. It's just like all five of them are going to kind of mix in relatively equally. And if I'm only expecting around two touchdowns from the Steelers this week, you know, the likelihood is three of these guys are going to completely bust with only one of them being all that great of a play. So if you hit on the right one, congratulations, because it is a good matchup. One of them is probably going to hit. It's just really difficult to know which one, so none of them really project very well. Saturday night game would have been really good if we didn't have injuries, but we have injuries, so now it's not going to be a good game. Uh, Bills at Chargers, 44-point total. Bills, 12-point road favorites. That's a massive road favorite for the Bills. Allen, Diggs, James Cook, all must-starts. Everyone else is kind of a fringe play, uh, but, I mean, James Cook, my goodness. He looked fantastic last week, but that's his fifth consecutive game with over 100 yards. 231 yards last week he's been fantastic all season they're just finally giving him the touches that he deserves and he's really making the most of them he looks great obviously we're starting him uh and especially 12 point favorites because uh, the defense that has struggled to defend running backs especially in the receiving game got to get him in starting lineups uh, and then i know Diggs has been disappointing but he's fun Diggs. you always have to play him um other options are dalton kincaid gabe davis those are probably the two that you're really looking at I mean, Gabe has zero receiving yards in four of his last six games. So can, they, can Gabe have like, you know, 100 a touchdown here? Yes. The problem is four of the last six games, he has zero. Like that's just not something you want to be starting right now. Um, incredibly unlikely you got to this point of the season with Gabe Davis. So why would you go to him now? Uh, then Dalton Kincaid hasn't been great. Um, targets have kind of been there, not last week, but they've kind of been there. The problem is there's such low ADOT and with, you know, Dawson Knox back. It's just not an ideal situation. So I would prefer to probably just stream a different player. Um, but like, I understand if you have to go to him, right? I'm still alive in the dynasty league. I have him and Chica Conquo. Like I'm starting Dalton Kincaid and I'm just hoping it's full PPR. I'm hoping he gets me like five for 50, maybe six for 60, maybe gets lucky and scores a touchdown because they're probably going to score a decent amount of touchdowns in this game. But there's nothing about the matchup that makes me excited to play him. And he grades out as a tight end 12. So fine. Sunday games going to kick off with Browns at Texans, low 14.5 point total. Browns, two and a half point road favorites, opened in favor of the Texans. I think this is, you know, CJ Strout not expected to play, but open two and a half points in favor of the Texans. Line has moved to now two and a half points in favor of the Browns. For the Browns, uh, Texans are a pretty good match for everyone except for running backs, though they're a strong matchup for running backs scoring rushing touchdowns. So, inefficiency as a running back. 
but you have an okay chance of scoring once you get into the red zone. Uh, Mari Cooper has 14 and 8 targets over the last two weeks. He stands out as a very strong play at wide receiver two this week, just given you know the expected volume and the matchup. The Browns have just let Flacco just drop back a ton. I think it's 44, 45, and 44 like pass attempts, even more dropbacks. Over the last three weeks, they're letting him chuck the ball around. We already know that this team runs a ton of plays, but they're throwing the ball a lot as well. It's a dome game. You're playing a team that you know kind of tilts opponents towards the passing game. Like This is a good spot for the passing attack of the Browns. So good news for Cooper. I still don't think you're starting Elijah Moore. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he racked up like 5 for 50 in this game, but I don't think anyone's really starting him unless you're in a very deep format. But play Cooper and play David Njoku. I mean, he's up to a 20% target share on the season. Been on absolute fire with Joe Flacco at quarterback. He's been the tight end two each of the last two weeks. Now gets the number two matchup for tight end. So starting Cooper again, starting David Njoku. Um, Probably benching most other players, though. Like, Ford and Hunt continue to split. That's super frustrating because Ford is obviously the better running back. Um, But they're splitting. It's like Ford gets a little bit more on the ground. Then they get in the red zone. It's more Kareem Hunt. And so it's just it's a terrible situation. Um, I don't really know that you can start either one of them this week. You could stream Joe Flacco if you wanted to. He doesn't grade out super well, though. Even projecting him for a ton of pass attempts, you know he's getting literally zero points on the ground, like not even one point. He's going to get you zero points on the ground. And so he kind of has to throw for like 300 yards because we're also not really expecting like three passing touchdowns this week. Um, could definitely happen, but I would say there's probably better options than Joe Flacco. But, you know, if, if we're expecting 45 pass attempts and he's going to throw into like the upper 200s for passing yards and could easily throw for two touchdowns, like that's still a really good day for streaming. And so if you had to go there, I don't think it's a bad play. Then for the Texans, uh, Stroud is unlikely to play. Like I said before, we know Tank Dell is out. Um, next person we're watching is Nico Collins. Let's see if he can play. Um, just against a really good Browns defense, I don't know. I don't really know that you're really going to the pass catchers on this team. Maybe if Nico is out, we can look to Noah Brown again. Um, he would project as roughly a top 30 wide receiver, somewhere in that, like, like right around the range of wide receiver 30. So had to use him in the flex, second flex spot if Nico's out. That's fine, uh, but again, really tough matchup, backup quarterback play. Shouldn't expect a really good game from him. I do have interest, though, in Devin Singletary. They've talked a lot about scheme fit and how Singletary is a better scheme fit, but then it's like they talk about that, they give him a bunch of touches, and then the following week, you know, they go to Damian Pierce, and they kind of give him more run. But last week, if they continue that, which why would they change? I mean, last week, he was awesome. Last week, he had 26 carries and five targets, seven Singletary, and there was almost nothing for Damian Pierce. He converts that into 170 yards. So I would think that they would continue leaning on him, that they won't go back to Pierce. Obviously, that should be in the back of our minds, but I'm expecting him to be featured once again this week. And even though the matchup isn't like amazing for Singletary, I mean, when you have a running back with 30 touch upside, you play them. So I would definitely play Singletary at running back too. No other running back, obviously, on this team. Next up. Packers at Panthers, very low, 36.5-point total. Packers, 4.5-point road favorites. For the Packers, uh, we'll see on the status of A.J. Dillon. If he's out, Aaron Jones is in an amazing spot this week. He would be a must-start. Um, it's not that the Panthers have some like horrific run defense, but they have a very strong pass defense, and their offense is terrible, and the run defense still isn't good. And so teams are like, okay, we can easily play it safe, get up, 
run the ball. We'll be more efficient doing that than we will passing. And they especially go run heavy in the red zone. That's just a great thing for running back. So again, if Dylan is out, please play Aaron Jones. Get him in starting lineups this weekend. If Dylan plays, I still don't really want to play AJ Dillon. He's just never someone that I want to get into starting lineups unless he's like the only running back starting. So I still wouldn't play him. Um, and then Aaron Jones, he grayed out more as like a low end running back too, but he's someone who still has enough upside to where if it's close at all, I'd probably still play Aaron Jones, even if Dylan was playing. As for everyone else, appeal goes way down. Only two teams limit wide receiver targets more than the Panthers. Only one team limits yards per reception more. Jaden Reed's also dealing with a toe injury, and so his status is kind of up in the air this weekend. I do have interest in Jaden Reed in the flex if he plays and he's healthy, uh, but how healthy will he be? Tough to know right now. And will he play? Tough to know right now. If Reed is out, I'll have some interest in Wicks and maybe like a second flex spot if you're in maybe like, I don't know, a full PPR league. You're kind of desperate at, you know, second flex. Maybe you're wide receiver three or your flex spot in a league with wide receiver three. Like that like fourth wide receiver role, I'd have interest in him. Uh, but overall, I would just say, the, you know, Aaron Jones is the one I want on the Packers this weekend. Maybe Tucker Craft. If you need a tight end, he's going to play 95% of snaps. He's going to get four or five targets. He'll be using the red zone. So like if you want to use Tucker Craft, that's fine. He's not a bad option. But again, Aaron Jones is the one I want on the team. Then for the Panthers side, uh, it's really only Chuba and Thielen. Mingo's just been way too inefficient and has no red zone role that we really can't look to him. But Chuba, 25, 25, and 24 touches over the last three weeks. Um, I No, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, we're not hearing about him as much because he's been kind of like, kind of inefficient and hasn't scored in two straight. So he had that one really good game three weeks ago, but he keeps getting like 25 touches every week. It's just that like when you don't score and you're not even getting 100 yards on those touches, we're not going to hear about it a lot. But 25 touches is still very, very valuable. And if you look at the matchup, I mean, Packers top 10 matchup in terms of yards per carry over expected, carries over expected, rushing yards over expected, like running backs excel against this team. And so in a good matchup, if we're going to see, you know, over 20 touches, Chuba is a running back too in my eyes, someone that I'd probably play if I had him this week. Then for Thielen, it's fine. I mean, it's a great matchup in terms of catch rate. So I'd imagine that he can be in, like efficient on like seven targets or so. Uh, maybe catches like five or six of his seven targets. Maybe he goes perfect, catches all seven, uh, but it'll be for low A dot. You know, you're basically hoping for like seven for 70 and then maybe a touchdown. Um, that's fine. Better in full PPR, uh, but it's fine in the flex or wide receiver three. Next up, we've got a very exciting game between the Commanders and the Jets. 37 half point total, Jets five and a half point home favorites. The Commanders, um, Sam Howell will somehow remain the starting quarterback for the Commanders, which is a shame because like Jacoby Brissett really deserves a shot here. Might not matter, though, uh, number one, because I don't think either of them are going to play all that good at the Jets. So it's not like I'd expect fireworks with Brissett was a quarterback. Number two, uh, Howell might start, do terrible, and we still get to see uh, Jacoby Brissett. So we'll see what happens this week. But overall, I don't have much interest in the commander's side, um, whether or not Brian Robinson plays. Like, I don't even care that much if he's playing or not. I don't have interest in this team. Um, Terry McLaurin is probably the only one I would have interest in because he's definitely their best wide receiver. Um, but even him. Low-end flex play, uh, and you are literally hoping that Howell gets benched mid-game, that Brissett comes in, because Brissett's going to be more aggressive, and honestly, I think, is the better quarterback. And so, you're hoping that happens, but even then, again, low-end flex. Uh, then for the Jets side, great spot all around. I mean, you could argue um, what defense is the worst in the NFL. I think it would really depend on what you're looking at there, but inarguably, the commanders have one of the worst. Probably a bottom three, inarguably, defense in the NFL. 
started off better against the run and just terrible against the pass. Now they're terrible against both. So you can really attack them however you want. Uh, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, uh, they did lose me my matchup last week. And so I'm sure they'll both explode for me in the loser's bracket this week. Um, but I will say uh, that final remaining team I have, Best Ball Mania, I alluded to before, does have Garrett Wilson. And so I'm hoping for a big game there because I think his advancement rates can be like incredibly low this weekend. So I'm hoping he has a really good game and can get me into the final next week. So maybe I'm a little bit biased. I want you to know that because I'm rooting for him. I want him to be a good play. I might have some bias in saying he's a good play. Um, but like, again, the commanders have a horrible, horrible defense and he's obviously their best wide receiver. Like, I think you're playing him as a high end wide receiver too. And I, I just don't see how you would really bench him this week. Like he's one of the most featured, basically flip-flops between him and Drake London as to who's the most featured wide receivers on their team. And so you're like, okay, why aren't they the top wide receivers? Well, because their teams don't throw it a lot or their teams are really bad and they run into like, you know, difficult matchups and they can't produce. But when you get spots for both those players where the volume can be up, the efficiency can be up, you know, you're not too worried about quarterback play because the defense is so bad. Well, now we've got two players who are getting a ton of looks. They have a lot of upside in those weeks. So these are the weeks where you want to be playing Garrett Wilson. Um, and you could stream Zach Wilson if you want to feel something. But like, you know, you're playing with fire there, obviously. Like I like taking risks, but that's probably not one I would take. Lions at Vikings is up next. This game has a higher 47-point total. Lions three-point road favorites. For the Lions, uh, the Vikings are definitely a difficult matchup for running backs, um, and they blitz a lot, which, if it's working, can cause headaches for their opponents. Um, this is an elite Detroit defense or offense, though. Honestly, they're a good defense as well, but elite Detroit offense, uh, and they have just skill players. I don't even care what the matchup is. You got to play him every week. Uh, you're starting St. Brown. You're starting Laporta. You're starting Jameer Gibbs. Like, I think Jameer Gibbs at this point is just in your starting lineup no matter what. Um, and then Goff, good streaming option this week if you've been rolling with him. I don't see why you'd change. Uh, Montgomery, you know, touchdown dependent running back too. Um, a little bit more work has been shifting over to Gibbs. And so he becomes a little bit more touchdown dependent. Um, but when they get in the red zone, he's going to be the guy. And so he could easily have... 80 yards and two touchdowns this week. And if that happens, you're definitely going to have wanted him. So worse in full PPR gets better as you move towards standard. Um, definitely the scariest play of the group, especially given that like running backs on the ground is the worst way you want to attack the Vikings. But if they get up, if he's producing well, if they ever get into the red zone, like he does have obvious upside in the spot. So depends what you have when it comes to Monty, but you know, even given the matchup, I think I'd lean towards playing him. Then for the Vikings side, um, Depends on the status of Madison, but if Madison is out again, you're starting Ty Chandler. Like, he looked awesome last week. I know it's a difficult spot against a really good uh, Lions run defense, but he was featured last week. I mean, not only did he look great, he handled 26 of the 27 running back touches, gaining 157 and a score, and probably should have had two touchdowns, probably should have had more yards on top of that. So, I don't really care what the matchup is. If someone's going to get 96% of the running back volume on their team and they're an explosive player on a good team, like you just kind of have to play them. Um, behind him, you're playing Jefferson. Uh, you're playing Hawkinson. Addison's the toughest call, but he's been wide receiver 23 right now. Uh, and if it's close, I think I'd lean towards Addison. He's a great player. The game's in a dome. It's a potential shootout. Like it's a good spot for him. And I do think the Lions get up and kind of force the Vikings to be aggressive. And if the Vikings are aggressive, they're a well-coached team. They have great skill players. I know they don't have cousins anymore, but like Mullins is fine. He's going to make mistakes, but he can produce high-end stat lines like we saw last week 
with Addison. Um, there's always risk with Addison because, you know, Jefferson could any week go off and only leave like four targets for Addison. But I think he's a good enough player. I Again, I think if it's close, I think you're playing Addison this week. And then Mullins right now had to lower his projection from initially what it came out as. He's coming out as like the quarterback like eight or nine. Quarterback 13 right now. I think he's going to stay in that like 13 to 15 sort of range uh, with like Russell Wilson and Kyler. But like, um, you know, think about those two quarterbacks, right? Russell Wilson is a zero upside quarterback. Like he's never going to hit like 20 fantasy points. And so between him and Mullins, again, I like risk, but I would probably just play Mullins and be like, listen, Russ is not going to win me this game. I would rather, you know, play someone who probably has a better chance of scoring like seven points, but has a, you know, also a better chance of scoring 23, 24. And I might need that this late in the playoffs because you're not going up against bad teams anymore. Uh, and then Kyler, I mean, he doesn't have that great of a matchup as we'll get to in a bit. Um, also hasn't looked that amazing if we're being honest. So I can see a path definitely to starting Mullins this week. Um, but I did move him behind Jared Goff, Baker, and Gino if he plays. So that trio, which I know is also in consideration for a lot of people for streaming, I think I would prefer all of Goff, Baker, and Gino over Mullins because I do kind of still consider Mullins a risky play. Um, but again, the potential for Mullins is there. This game can shoot out. He's surrounded by a lot of talent, um, very close to a big game last week. Could have probably had one or two more touchdowns if everything went right, but probably should have had an extra touchdown last week. So perfectly good streaming option if he got him. Next up, Seahawks at Titans, 41 and a half point total. Seahawks, two and a half point road favorites for the Seahawks. Ken Walker, um, Honestly, he looked healthier last week than he has in any week this season. Looked really good. Titans historically have a very strong run defense, but not the case this season. They're league average and yards per carry allowed were expected, and um, they're losing more than they have historically, and so they're allowing a bigger boost to rush attempts as well. Uh, so plus matchup, honestly, for everyone besides the tight ends this week. I would expect Seattle to have a really good game, especially if Geno is back. I think they could really, really roll this week if Geno's back. So start Ken Walker, start Metcalf, and then Lockett and JSN, flex viable, but I'd probably want Geno. So if they still have uh, Drew Lockett quarterback, I don't know that I really want to go to Lockett or JSN. But again, good matchup. And if Geno is starting any one of these players have a really big game, um, I'd play Metcalf regardless. But I really think you could flex or especially second flex or wide receiver three for Lockett or JSN if Geno is out there. Then for the Titans, um, I'm curious what news we get throughout the week. The matchup is excellent against a very poor Seahawks run defense, but with the Texans eliminated from the playoffs, I'm wondering if maybe Spears gets a little bit more run this week than normal. So keep an eye out on that. I'll adjust the rankings accordingly, but you know, Henry has downside risk this week because they're not going to run him into the ground. They know that even if they went out, they're not going to make the playoffs. And so they could pretty easily see what they have in Spears. And with Spears playing really, really well, it could be an opportunity for us, if not this week, into the future. But I'm going to keep my eye on news because I really think they're going to lean a little bit more towards Spears. And that's obviously going to make Henry a much riskier play. Aside from the running backs, Hopkins is really the only one you can consider. Uh, and while he did with Dud last week, the volume was there. He was just really inefficient with that volume. Um, I do have similar concerns with Hopkins as I do with Henry, but to a lesser extent, right? You're not really running. Like like Henry, they're not going to give like 25 carries and just keep pounding him between the 20s because that doesn't make any sense, right? That doesn't help their franchise at all. For Hopkins, you know, if they happen to give him eight, nine targets, I mean, it's not like they're really running him into the 
ground. You know, it's, it's a different thing with running backs, especially. So I'm not as concerned with Hopkins, but he still only grades out as a wide receiver 29. So it depends what you have. Final one o'clock game is going to be Colts at Falcons, 44 and a half point total Falcons, one point home favorites and a line that opened two and a half points in favor of the Colts. The line has moved towards the Falcons this week. A little bit of uncertainty with the Falcons offense, right? Like completely depends on injury news. Does, does JT play? Does Moss play? Does Pittman play? Does some combination of those three play versus not play? I don't know what's going to happen. So we kind of just have to wait and see with them. Uh, but I would say just like in general, if JT starts, play him and bench all the running backs. If Pittman starts, play him and bench all other wide receivers. That, those two like situations are kind of easy. If Jonathan Taylor is out and then Moss plays, you're probably playing Moss at running back two, but you'll have a little bit more hesitation in doing so. And I would want to see what reports are out there about his health. Um, and then like Sermon, you know, if JT is out and Moss is out, Sermon's going to be actually a pretty good play at running back too because he looked pretty good last week and he'd be, you know, in line for a decent amount of touches. Then if Pittman is out, you can look to downs if you need him in the flex. Um, but I would honestly just probably lose a lot of interest in the Colts pass catchers because you know, the Falcons are a really tough matchup to begin with. And if we're kind of making, you know, downs a wide receiver one, that's, that's not the area that he should be placed into. So you'd be kind of having people in like mixed master roles. I guess you'd kind of put out Pierce technically in the one. You'd have him run the X routes that Pittman's running. But the point is you would have players playing a spot that like they're not supposed to be playing and seeing coverage that they're not supposed to be seeing. And so I wouldn't love it if he was not out there. Um, Pittman is also on my team for that best Palmini team. I really need him to play. Then for the Falcon side, uh, this is a fantastic matchup for the running backs. Um, you know, it's a good one for wide receiver yards per reception, but a bad one for overall targets. Um, I think earlier in the season, we were really attacking this Colts pass defense, but, you know, trailing 10 weeks, it's a very, very bad matchup for wide receivers because teams just aren't throwing to wide receivers. If you get the ball, big A dot, you know, it's coming deep downfield, but teams are not throwing to wide receivers against the Colts right now. So, um, and Falcons don't want to anyways. If Bijan was getting all the touches he should, right? He was being featured in this offense. He would rival Christian McCaffrey as a top play of the week. That's how good this matchup is for running backs. The problem is he is not getting the touches he deserves. Uh, he was actually benched a little bit last week for the fumble. So we will see. Again, like I said in the start sit video or the um, waiver wire video, I think that's what it was is he was kind of benched for the fumble. And that typically doesn't translate week over week. He's not going to be like benched this week also because of that. If he fumbles again, he definitely can be, especially if Algier is having a good game. But I would expect Bijan to start, Bijan to get more touches than Algier. And in such a good matchup, even factoring in Algier to take a decent amount of touches away, I would play Bijan if you can this week. Algier gets the same matchup, but he doesn't get targets. And so the good thing with Bijan, he's going to mix in a few receptions and has upside on those receptions. Algier won't. And so he absolutely needs to score. And I just, I don't think you can play Algier unless you're in like a 16 team league at that running back two spot. Uh, for the pass catchers, Drake London's my wide receiver, 28 pits, tight end 17, but is in a similar range. Basically that whole tight end, like 13 to 17 range is very, very close. Um, if you got to use those two, you know, you've been using them, let's say every week, I wouldn't take them out of your starting lineup this week. They don't stand out as amazing plays, but they also don't stand out as bad plays either. And London does have a lot of upside in this spot. If they're willing to throw him the ball deep downfield, will they be willing to do that? Remains to be seen, especially if they get up, but 
he has upside. So if you've been using him, keep doing so. Four o'clock games kick off with Jaguars at Bucks, 43 and a half point total. Bucks, one point home favorites as we wait on the news for Trevor Lawrence. For the Jaguars side, that news is going to impact everything, but so does the status of Zay Jones. Like Ridley is in play either way, but if Lawrence plays and Zay Jones sits, Ridley could be in line for like 15 targets. He would be one of the best wide receiver plays on the week. He would be definitely a must play in my eyes if that happens. So we'll track that. Um, I'll adjust the rankings accordingly. Again, the rankings are free. So go to the website, theoffensefootballadvice.com. No matter what happens, if Lawrence plays, doesn't play, say Jones is in, out, I'll adjust the rankings for that. Um, but yeah, we just kind of have to know what happens there. But I think either way, even if like Beathard is starting and J- Zay Jones plays, which I think is probably the least likely outcome. But if that happens, I still think Ridley to start this week. Uh, outside of those two, ETN, uh, oh, and um, I said two there. I think you're starting Lawrence V plays. So outside of those two, uh, ETN, Evan Ingram, I think Ramos starts. Um, tough matchup for Travis ETN, but you know the role is really strong. I just think you have to play him no matter the matchup. And then Ingram, coming off a rough game, but had really good games before that. Um, really strong target share in the season. Uh, really, really good matchup. And then especially if Zay Jones is going to miss, the expected target share just makes him a tight end one this week. Then for the Bucs side, uh, they've been rolling recently. They finally unlocked Chris Godwin. Like, I don't know what was happening all season. Again, my theory was that he was battling through injury, and now he's, like, kind of finally getting healthy. Uh, but I would start Rashad White. I would start Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, get them all in their starting lineups. Um, I think Baker's a good streaming option this week. Um, Otten is fine. Grades out as a tight end 16 in that same range I kind of talked about before as Kyle Pitts. Uh, if you've been using him again, why change? I don't know. It's, like, a fine spot for him. Um but again, good matchup for the passing attack. Um, and while White has the worst matchup, um, he's been one of the most featured running backs in the NFL, honestly, on the season, but especially the last like two months, um, you're playing him every week regardless of matchup. Next up, we've got Cardinals at Bears, 44.5 point total. Bears, 4.5 point home favorites. For the Cardinals, um, you're really only looking at McBride as a must start and then James Conner as a low end running back too. Maybe Kyler as a potential streaming option. Uh, the Bears defense has been really, really good as of late and has been especially good at stopping running backs on the ground and then limiting yards perception to both wide receivers and tight ends. So it's not a good spot overall, but if you need Connor, he's fine. If you had to stream Kyler, he's fine. But again, McBride should definitely be in starting lineups. Then for the Bears, um, you know, Fields, DJ Moore, must starts every single week. Cole Clement, 10 and 11. So it depends on what you have there. Uh, Cardinals are a smash matchup for running backs. So you got to play running backs against them. The problem is Fields takes carries and then Roshan, Herbert, and Foreman are in a three running back split that's basically even. So you can pick if you really feel like one of them scores, one of them has the more touches, go for it. One of them is probably going to have a good game, uh, but it's like impossible to pick. It's just too risky for me to suggest any of them. Final four o'clock game is going to be Cowboys at Dolphins, 51 point total. Dolphins, one and a half point home favorites. For the Cowboys, um, start their studs. All of Dak, Pollard, Lamb should be in starting lineups. Ferguson's tight end nine. I don't think he's a must start, but he's a good play this week. Been rolling with him. Keep doing it. Brandon Cooks is my wide receiver, 47. I do prefer playing him at home, but if it's close, you're like in that projection range, you know, similar players as Brandon Cooks. It's a potential shootout. He does have a really nice ceiling this week. I would lean on it on him if it's like close between him and someone else. Then for the Dolphins, start them. Tua, Hill, 
Waddle, Mostert, they should all be in starting lineups. And then Achan is my running back 19. Uh, he grades out really well because he's very efficient. Touches haven't really spiked for him. And then Mostert's the goal line back. So, you know, the touchdown upside is more limited because he's going to have to score from further out. Um, but he could easily hit on a long play. And if he's going to see 10 to 12 touches, he's got opportunities to post a really nice, nice week. Um, it is a thin week as well for running back. We've got, you know, CMC and Kyron at the top. And then a few other running backs inside the top five or seven that are like decent. But there's a ton of running backs projected for like 12 to 14 full PPR points. And so, you know, if you've got someone who's in that general spot but has explosive upside, it might be good to get them in starting lineups, uh, but definitely not a good spot. So if you had to sit them, it's fine to do so. Sunday night game is going to be Patriots at Broncos. Lowest total game of the week, 34.5 points. Broncos, 6.5 point home favorites. For the Patriots, um, we're really only looking at Zeke and Hunter Henry. The wide receivers have a brutal matchup, uh, but Denver's very weak against running backs and the week also against tight ends. Zeke did fail last week, but he's in line for 15 plus opportunities. He gets the number one matchups for running back efficiency on the ground. So I just think you got to play Zeke at running back two this week. But I understand if you kind of added him, you've got like three top 15 running backs and you don't want to play Zeke in the flex. That's fine. But again, if he's going to get 15 opportunities in this good a spot, I think he is a good play this week. Then Hunter Henry, only my tight end 14 this week um, in that exact same range as tight ends I talked about before, you know, and Kyle Pitts. Um, but they've been leaning on him a lot in the red zone. So good touchdown upside. Uh, and again, good matchup for him. So he's a good streaming option this week. Then for Denver, uh, no one's all that appealing. Sutton grades out best as my wide receiver 22. Jonathan Williams is the running back 35. Russell Wilson, quarterback 13 right now, but um, tied for Mullins, I believe, uh, in the projections. Problem is, like, no upside. There's no upside at all in Russell Wilson. And so if you need 15 to 16 points, go for it. But if you need 20, 25 points from quarterback, don't play Russell Wilson because he just has no real ceiling. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Sutton's the most appealing, but even he. Only a flex play, Myers. There are going to be three Christmas Day games. First one, kickoff 1 o'clock, Raiders at Chiefs, 41.5 point total, Chiefs 10 point home favorites. For the Raiders, uh, brutal spot for them. If Jacobs plays, start him, start Adams, bench everyone else. If Jacobs is out, you're probably only starting Adams. Um, I know Zamir did really well last week. I know the offense did really well overall, but it was like a perfect storm of offensive efficiency mixed with like defensive touchdown luck. Um, they're not going to score two defensive touchdowns every week. They're not going to be as efficient on offense. And they're definitely not, you know, Mahomes is going to make horrible mistakes and they're not going to be super efficient in Arrowhead. So it's like, it's a completely different setup this week. I really, I would only use Adams and Jacobs and Jacobs is out. Like Zamir is not in a good spot. Um, I really wouldn't expect him to have a great game, but he's going to grade out in like the low twenties. He's going to be around the running back 30 if Jacobs is out. So playable, but especially in full PPR, don't love it. Then for the Chiefs side, um, we'll see on Pacheco. If he plays, I'd probably play him. Like, they're not going to roll him out there if he's not good to go. It's a game they know they're probably going to win. And so why would they risk him getting hurt when they definitely need him for the playoffs? So I play Pacheco if he plays. Um, but, you know, Mahomes, Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, they should all be in starting lineups. Rasheed Rice finally getting all the snaps they should have been getting all season. Um, he, he had, like, what, like a 90, 95% snap share last week. Um, but again, yeah, it, it's, like, it's like those three play Pacheco. Play Clyde if Pacheco's out in like the flex. He'd be a decent option. Uh, good touchdown upside. We'd get most of the running back carries. Um, but, you know, we're not really going to the secondary pass catchers for Kansas City. 
Second Christmas Day game, going to be Giants at Eagles. This one's fairly straightforward. Low 41.5 point total, but most of those points are on the Eagles side with them being 11.5 point home favorites. Giants side, Saquon is really the only viable option. Some people want to play Darren Waller. And if you want to stream Darren Waller this week, I think it's fine. Um, nothing stands out about the spot. Um, I don't really trust Darren Waller all that much. But, you know, if you want some upside, obviously Darren Waller has upside. And if you're looking in that exact same range we've been talking about, Hunter Henry, Kate Otten, Kyle Pitts. If you're looking in that range and you want to play Darren Waller, I think all those players are very, very, very similar. If you want to play them, totally fine doing that. Because again, you're just kind of really just hoping for a touchdown in that spot. Um, but yeah, honestly, there's also downside risk in Saquon too. I mean, he's fine if the game stays close, but what if they get down 20, 21 points? You know, they're probably going to rotate the other running backs in because their season is over. And why would they kind of risk things with giving him a billion touches in a game they're not going to win in a season they're not making the playoffs in? Then for the, but I, I think I think it probably still plays Saquon. Then for the Eagles side, um, I'd expect them to come out firing. I'd expect them to look really good. I'd get embarrassed on Monday night. Uh, they also need a win, obviously. They want to stay ahead of Dallas for that number one seed um, for their division, obviously. Um, I would. I really wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles scored, you know, 30, 35 points this week. So you're starting Hurts, Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift. Not all will go off. But if we're expecting, you know, four or five touchdowns, like they all have upside. I would say Swift is the hardest one to trust. But as such heavy home favorites in a really good matchup, like the Giants are a great matchup for running backs, I would use them. Then finally, final game of the week, best game of the week, one of the best games of the season, most anticipated games of the season because it's so important for everything, especially the MVP race, is Ravens at 49ers, 46.5 point total, 49ers, 5 point home favorites. Again, the winner of this game will probably win MVP, whether it's you know McCaffrey and Purdy on the 49ers side, one of them, or Lamar, whichever side wins this game has a very, very good shot of winning MVP. So, you know, both sides really want it. And then both sides obviously want their number one seed um, for the Ravens. Keaton Mitchell joins uh, JK Dobbins and Mark Andrews on the sideline. I don't know how this team continually has major injuries to their most important players every single season, but they've continued this year. Um, they're going to have Gus as a lead back. Justice Hill is going to mix in, but you can't play Hill and you obviously are hoping for a touchdown from Gus Edwards. Um, but you know, if they get into the red zone, it's going to be Gus or Lamar scoring that touchdown. So Gus grades out as running back 29. You could do a lot worse than playing Gus this week. Uh, Flowers has seen his target share fall off a cliff recently. Um, I thought it would do the reverse. I thought it would go up with Mark Andrews leaving, but it's been kind of weird. I don't know if he's hitting that rookie wall, but has been playing amazing recently. Um, the three I would really lean on here are Lamar, Isaiah Likely and Gus Edwards. If you want to flex Flowers, that's totally fine. But like Likely is a good play at tight end. Gus is a quality streaming option in that like running back two spot or in that second flex spot. And then Lamar. I think Lamar wants to win MVP. I think he runs for like 100 yards this week. I think he accounts for three, four touchdowns. Um, he's going to have to put the team on his back this week. And I think he will. Then for the 49ers side, uh, the matchup is brutal, but it doesn't matter for the 49ers. You got to play them every week. All of them have multi-touchdown upside. You're playing Purdy, CMC, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. All should be your starting lineups. Some of you have reached out saying you have Lamar and Purdy. Congratulations for having such a good wide receiver room. Um, I would play Lamar just because even though obviously Purdy has such amazing 
not only coaching, but like just skill players around him. Lamar just has to do everything. We could have McCaffrey score two or three rushing touchdowns. Like Lamar needs to get what? 80% of the yards in this game. He's got to run or throw for everything. Cause I don't really think Gus is going to be all that efficient on the ground. So Lamar has to do everything. I would probably play him over Purdy if you have both. Uh, and it's just Lamar is one of the best plays of the week. So a uh, lot of injury news this week that we need to keep track of. Uh, but again, my rankings are completely free through the Super Bowl. So when news breaks, you can just check those, get my updated take there. Also remember that I will not be making videos next week. So use the website. And if you need more help, you can ask me in the Discord. That is free to join. There's a link to that in the description box down below. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.